Hello, everybody. Alan Meshegan Jr. here, and I'm excited to welcome you to today's podcast. We've got a lot of incredible things that are going on, and, and God is doing some amazing things in our midst. And there's some things that I want to get to you today. But before we get into our topic this morning, we're going to continue talking about a shift in paradigms. This is part two. I want to just encourage you to go and take advantage of all of our online resources. Go to fullturn.com. There's a lot of information that you can get there, as well as all of our sermon series, our past series that you can watch. Uh, Also, you can go to our YouTube channel, Full Turn Church, uh, Facebook, uh, backslash Full Turn Church. Uh, You can find us on Instagram. You can find us um, on other forms of social media. Listen, we want you to connect with us. We want you to be a part of our online audience. Uh, so let's get to it today. We, we've been talking about a shift in paradigms and changing the way that we see things. I'm telling you, it's very important to begin to see things in the way that God would have for you to see it. If you can't see the way God wants you to see, then you'll never be who he's called and purpose for you to be. And so a lot of people have the wrong ideas. And because they have the wrong ideas, those ideas have incarcerated them and have kept them from moving forward. Let me say this to you today. Every idea that becomes fully crystallized in your life will become something called a concept. And here's the problem. If you have the wrong concepts, then you'll never be able to be who God's called and purpose for you to be. And so a lot of people, they have wrong ideas. Uh, and it starts with just hearing something that's wrong. And they, they allow that thing to, to, to kind of grow in them to the place where they begin to believe it. See, any idea that you believe, anything that comes into your mind or your thoughts that you, you embrace, that you believe, you allow it to fully crystallize, it becomes a concept. And there's a lot of people. Let, let me give you an example. If you look out there today, you can see there's a lot of people who have the wrong concepts, and they believe they, they're diehards. They, they will die for their wrong concepts. I mean, th- think about the people who are strapping bombs to themselves and running into buildings, and, and, do, and they believe, they firmly believe that what they're doing is right. And, and many of them even believe that what they're doing brings reward. But they're wrong. They're wrong. What they're doing is in vain. What they're doing is destructive. And so a lot of people, because they have wrong concepts, and see, when something becomes rock solid in your life, it becomes a concept. But there are some concepts that need to change. The the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And I'm telling you, the word of God is even like a hammer. And the word of God needs to come in today and break up all the wrong concepts that you have in your life. A lot of us, we put ourselves in a box. You know, maybe you've heard the the old story about the, the woman who she was cooking a roast and every time she cooked this roast and she had such a, a, you know, incredible uh, recipe that had been passed down from generation to generation from her grandmother to her mother to her. And every time she cooked this roast, she would cut it in half and she would put it into two different pans. And so one day her daughter came to her and said, mom, can you tell me why is it that every time you prepare this recipe and you cook this roast, why is it that you cut the roast 
in half and you put it into two different pans. And she said, well, I don't, I don't know. It's because this is the way my mother did it. I know it's the way that my, my grandmother did it. She said, but I've never really thought about it. It was just the way I saw them do it. It's the way that I've been doing it. You know what? Let's give one of them a call. So she called, called her grandmother, the one who had originated the recipe. And she said, Grandma, I've got to ask you a question. Why is it? My daughter just asked me, why is it? that every time we, we cook this roast, that we cut it in half and we put it into two different pans. And her grandmother laughed and said, oh, oh, sweetheart. The reason that I did that is because at the time I didn't have a pan big enough to put the roast in. You see, a lot of us, we, we do things, we don't even know why we do it. It's because we've seen it done a certain way. And because it was done that way, I guess that's the way it is. But that person may have been doing it because they didn't have all the resources at their disposal to do it in a better way. And God is wanting us to grow in the way that we see things. See, we need a fresh revelation from heaven that will break every old paradigm in our life, any paradigm that would incarcerate us and keep us from the future that God has prepared for us. And what I'm talking about is the kingdom of heaven being released in our life, that we're seeing things the way that God sees it. If we can't see it the way that God sees it, we'll never be who he's called for us to be. And so I've got to break with, with the traditions of men Remember what Jesus, Jesus addressed this a lot in his day when he was walking on the earth. He would say things like, you, you, you're talking about the doctrines of men. You, you, you teach the doctrines of men, the traditions of men, but your heart is far from the truth. Your heart is far from, from God, but you're holding to something that you've been taught. You've been holding to wrong ideas. You've been holding to something, even uh, concerning the law, you've been, you've been holding to something that's coming to an end. You haven't seen the greater truth. You don't even understand what's going on. And so many people, because of traditions, even because of religion, bad theology, poor teaching, I mean, come on, how, how, how many of you know there are a lot of different theologies in the church, but there's only one truth, and the truth is found in Jesus. There's a, there's, there can't be many ways. There's only one way, but we have many ideas about that one way. Come on, I know I'm talking now. Listen, we've got many, many different ideas. I mean, look at the book of Revelation. Don't you know how many theories are out there about what that book means? When the first chapter says this, in the Amplified Version, it says that this book, this revelation or unveiling of Christ is written by the bondservant John. Look at it in the Amplified Version. Written by the bondservant John to bondservants. Do you know what a bondservant was? A bondservant in the old in the Old Testament, a bondservant was someone that in a year of jubilee or or in a a Sabbath year that was released from their service as a slave to someone when they were set free that they that they made a decision or a choice even though I am free to do whatever I want now I'm choosing to stay in this house and serve you you will be my master forever and at this moment when someone made this kind of decision even though they were set free 
They chose to be their serp, that, that person's servant forever, that the Bible says that their ear was nailed to a door with an awl that they put, put a that they would nail their ear to a door with what the Bible called an awl, which was like a nail that they would put through their ear to the door. So their, their, their ears were nailed to the door. Well, later they would put a, pierce, a, a piercing through it, an earring in it. But here's the thing. The, he's saying the bondservants, those who have chosen to give their lives fully to Christ, and their ears have been nailed to the door. What is the door? The door is Jesus. So those who are going to hear and understand are those who have their their ears nailed to the door who is Christ Jesus. Are you hearing it? Are you understanding it? See, he's saying the only ones that are really going to see what needs to be seen and have a true revelation or unveiling of Christ are those whose ears are nailed to the door. So we can come up with our concepts. We can come up with our theories. We can come up with our, our many different ideas of what things mean. But as Jesus said about the mixed multitude, he said, in seeing, they do not see. And in hearing, they do not hear. And in understanding, they do not understand. But he told his disciples, those sitting there with him, he said, but to you, I will give the secrets of the kingdom. I'll reveal to you mysteries. I'll reveal to you the deep things of God. And again, the Bible says the spirit of God searches the deep things of God. They that are led by the spirit, they are the sons of God. They are the ones who will see. And in seeing, they will see. And in hearing, they will hear. That's why Jesus would say, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the spirit is saying to the churches, he who has an ear. See, those who don't have an ear can only have an idea. Oh man, come on, that's good. Those who do not have an ear can only have an idea. They can look at something on the surface and just come up with an idea. But we don't need man's ideas. What we need is, what is God saying? What is the Spirit saying to the church? God has a plan. God has a purpose. There are things that God is wanting to accomplish through his people in the earth, but we cannot accomplish it with poor thinking. We can't accomplish it with poor ideas. We can't accomplish it with wrong, with wrong concepts. The concept that we need is God's concept, and God's concept and God's idea for mankind is the kingdom. Jesus said, pray after this manner, our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of heaven is God's idea and concept for this earth. He created this earth and he put man in it to reveal his nature that this would be truly just like heaven. And so through Jesus Christ, we can demonstrate that kingdom. We can be demonstrators and we are partakers of that divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. Peter said that. That, that he said also that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, 
to show forth the praises of him who called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Now, what does darkness do? Listen, darkness conceals a thing, but light reveals a thing. Oh, I got to say that again. Darkness conceals a thing, but light reveals a thing. And so the light of God, we come out of darkness where we can't see, where we're walking in deception, where things are covered up into a place where we can see. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now we're seeing clearly. Now we're seeing the way God wants for us to see. Now we have his idea. Now we have his concept. Now we understand his will. That's what Jesus said. He said, my, my meat is to do the will of my father. My meat is to do the will of the one who sent me. I'm here because he has a plan. He has a purpose, and I want his plan and purpose to be fully realized in and through me to this world. He's called us out of darkness. He's called us out of deception. He's called, he's called us out of that place where we cannot see into a place where we can see. The Apostle Paul said to the Ephesian church, he said, I pray, here's my, pray for, my prayer for you, that the eyes of your understanding might be enlightened that the eyes of your understanding might be enlightened. For what purpose, Paul? That you might know, that you might understand, that you might see, that you might understand this inheritance that has been given to you, this inheritance that's working in you, that you might understand the power that has been given to you through, the, through, through Christ, that you can see, that you can understand, that you can come to, to a, a full awareness of who you are in Jesus Christ. Remember what the Apostle Paul taught. He said, I want to reveal to you a mystery. And that mystery is this, Christ in you, the hope of glory. I was reading the other day in, in the book of Isaiah. I don't, I don't have chapter and verse before me right now, but it's there, I promise. In the book of Isaiah, where, where Isaiah is having this vision and he sees the Lord seated on the throne and he sees these cherubim that are around the Lord who is seated on the throne. And he says to the Lord, he says, oh, I'm a man of unclean lips. And one of the cherubim flies down with a coal that he takes, a burning coal that he takes off the, the altar and he touches that burning coal to Isaiah's lips, and he says, your sins have been atoned for. Do you know what Isaiah was seeing? Isaiah was seeing Jesus Christ. He was seeing into the future. He was seeing Christ seated on the throne and, and the sins of mankind atoned for. And then he said, and his train filled the temple. Well, we know that we're the temple of God. Know you not that you're the temple of God? The train, the spirit, his spirit, his essence, his nature in the, is filling the temple. And then watch this. And the whole earth, the whole earth was filled with his glory. Christ in you. Now, come on. Let me take it back. Christ in you. The hope of what? Glory. Glory. And the Bible says he crowned us with glory and honor, making us a little lower than himself. 
Some translation says a little lower than the angels. That's not the right translation. If you look at the, the word in the original, that word is Elohim. And that word Elohim is God. <coughs> that he made man just a little lower than himself. And it says in the New Testament that through Christ we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ Jesus. We are the hope of glory, Christ in us, the hope of glory in the earth. And he said the, eyes, the train filled the temple, the church, and the whole earth now is being filled with his glory. The glory that's on you, the glory that's on me. We are the glory of God in the earth, Christ in us the hope of glory, to manifest who he is, to manifest his nature, to carry his name, his authority, to reign, Romans 5, 17. We've received this abundance of grace. Listen to this. And the free gift of righteousness. Come on, that's powerful. I don't have to work to be something. He said, I give it to you as a gift through Christ. This abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness that you might reign in life with Christ. The Bible says that we are seated with him. Jesus, who's seated on the throne, we are seated with him in heavenly places. So not only did I, I, did I die with him when he went to the cross, not only was I resurrected with him when he was raised from the dead, I was also when he ascended, I also ascended with him. And when he sat down on the throne, he set me down with him. For I am in him and he is in me. Are you getting it? Are you hearing it? And so we've got a lot of people today that they're serving a religion, but they have no relationship. Your eyes are not going to be open through religion. Your eyes are going to be open through a relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. Your eyes are not going to be open through a religion, but your eyes are going to be open through relationship. The kingdom of God is all about relationship, and it's through our relationship with the Father that our eyes will be open. How many of you out there that are listening to this podcast today, maybe I'm saying some things you've never heard before, I don't know, but, but let me say this. How many of you listening to this today, how many of you understand Jesus did not come to be, to be or become a leader of a religion. He did not come to be the spearhead or, or the leader of a religion. He came to bring a kingdom. The Bible says, unto us a child is born, and unto us a son, the son of God, unto us, a son is given and the government. It didn't say the religion. It says, and the government shall be upon his shoulders and to his kingdom, this everlasting kingdom, to his kingdom, there will be no end. Jesus came to bring us the kingdom. John the Baptist before him came on the scene, a voice crying in the wilderness, preparing the way for the one to come. And what did he say? He said, repent. Why? Because a new religion is coming? No. He said, repent. That word repent means change your mind. Change the way you're thinking. You've got poor ideas. You've got poor concepts. 
You've got to break with the old. The past has to go. Behold, I'm doing a new thing, says the Lord. And he says to them, repent. Why? Because the kingdom is at hand. The kingdom is at hand. Something new is about to hit planet Earth. And as a matter of fact, it's already walking around on it. And he's about to be revealed. He is the lamb who takes away the sins of the world. He is the one. And all of a sudden, even as he's speaking, here comes Jesus to be baptized. And John beholds the one that he's been talking about. And he says, it's not fitting for me to baptize you. You should be baptizing me. And Jesus said, we must do this so that all might be fulfilled. Jesus didn't come to bring a religion. Listen, every religion can, can help people, can, can feed people, can clothe people, can, can help the widows and orphans. And I believe that, that most religions out there want to do things like that for mankind. So, you know, religion in that way, you know, that this mor- morality and all these things, that's, that's good. But Jesus didn't just bring to, come to, to bring a religion. He came to bring a kingdom, a way of doing things. The, the, the law of God, the law of the word of God, the, the, the law of love, he came, the law of life. Jesus said, everyone who came before me is a thief and a robber. Remember on the Mount of, of Transfiguration and the story of that? Peter, James, and John are on this mountain with Jesus, and all of a sudden, Jesus' total appearance changes. And he begins to shine like the sun. He begins to glow. His whole countenance, his whole appearance changes. And all of a sudden, Moses and Elijah appear there with him, representing, of, of course, the law and the prophets. And Peter says, oh, this is just like Peter. I love Peter. A lot of us are like him. He says, oh, this is wonderful that we're here. We should build a temple and a tabernacle for each one of you. And all of a sudden there came a voice from heaven like thunder that said, this is my son, listen to him. In other words, what was the former is passing away and now I've set in the earth once again access through through this man, Jesus, who will go to the cross, who will give his life, who will shed his blood for the remission of sins. He will bring a new covenant, a better blood. He's going to cleanse all mankind of their sin, and he's going to give them access and, and the ability to come into, to enter into the kingdom. That's powerful. Did you know, just just as a a matter, you know, just a a point here, did you know that in Romans 12, when it says, be transformed, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed? Well, let let me go back to the beginning of that. Present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your true and proper worship. And be not conformed to this world. What? Be not conformed to this world. To what? The pattern. Another translation says the pattern of this world. In other words, the way they do things, the, the way they think, the way they speak, the way they act, the way they move, their ideas, their concepts, the way they do things. Be not conformed to the wrong ideas, concepts, patterns, ways of doing things. The watch. But be transformed. By the what? 
the renewing of your mind. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, change your mind. Be transformed, how? By the renewing, by the changing of your mind. And as your mind is being changed, what will happen? You will prove what is the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. From dimension to dimension, from glory to glory, as your mind is being changed, you will reveal God's will in the earth. Another scripture says, as beholding in a glass, the glory of the Lord, the glory of the Lord. You are being changed, being changed into that same image. Now watch this. When Jesus was, was transfigured and, trans, and changed before the, their very eyes on the Mount of Transfiguration, that same word used there is the same word used here for transform your mind. And that word in the Greek is, a, is the same word that we get our English word metamorphosis from. Every time I, I bring this up, I, I think uh, about when I was a kid in third grade, because anytime we, we got disciplined, we'd have to write that word over and over again, M-E-T-A-M-O-R-P-H-O-S-I-S. And that word is just like ingrained in my mind, how to spell that word. But that word metamorphosis is about one thing becoming something totally different. It, it, in other words, a metamorphosis is like a caterpillar going into a cocoon and coming out something totally different. Going in a caterpillar that crawls on the dirt and coming out a butterfly that flies in the air. That's what that means. When it says your mind being, being renewed or transformed, it's talking about your mind becoming something different. That you, your, your mind is a flesh mind, a carnal mind, but it becomes the mind of God. It becomes the mind of Christ. It's the flesh mind, but it becomes the spirit mind. It's the flesh nature, but it becomes the spirit nature. It, it's the, the man after the flesh, but now it becomes the man of the spirit. And so, listen, the, just to kind of start wrapping up this podcast, hopefully you're getting something good out of this today. We've got a break with our old paradigms. We need a paradigm shift. In other words, uh, again, the word paradigm is about our patterns, our ways of doing things, our, our concepts, the way that we view things. It has to change, and it has to be in line with the way that God sees it. Let me encourage you to do something. Let me encourage you to get into a church that's speaking the anointed word of God. If you're in a dead church, get out of it. Get out. Leave it. Go to a life-giving church. Go to a church. Submit yourself to a leader who will speak life into you, that will minister to you, and that will speak the truth of God's word and not man's ideas and not man's traditions and not man's doctrines and not teaching just things that they hear on TV. But sit under someone that will give you the anointed word of God that is filled with the Spirit of God that will bring life to you. Number one, that's something you need to do. Get out of a dead church and get into a living church. If you don't go to church, find a living church. Find a church that, that is, is teaching the truth. It's not just trying to be, not trying to be relevant, but that it is relevant. Did you understand what I just said? Not a church that's trying to be relevant, but a church that is relevant. A church filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking the true word of God is going to be a relevant church, a life-changing church. That's number one. 
Number two, if you've read the Bible many times, maybe you've been brought up in in church or, or in Sunday school or whatever, I encourage you to get in a life-giving church and then start reading the Bible and seeing what is actually being said there. That you can see what Jesus is teaching. That you can see that everything, look at this, everything in the Old Testament It's all about Jesus. Jesus said it himself. He said, the volume of the book is written of me. It's all about me. Everything that was said, everything that was done, everything that was played out, and everything that was written there by the prophets, by Moses, by others, everything that was written there, it's all about me. And so when you understand that, you, you read the Old Testament, you'll understand <clears throat> that everything is about Jesus. Everything reveals Jesus, and it reveals his plan and purpose. Let me give an example of that. When you read about Noah and the ark, you'll understand that not only is that a story about a man who had faith, and he, he had favor in the eyes of God, and Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, and, and, and God instructed him to build an ark, and through building that ark, he saved, he saved himself and his family. And while they were safe on the ark, when the flood came, the wicked were destroyed. That you'll understand that not only is that a story that really happened, and a man had great faith and built a boat, and God sent floodwaters and all that on the earth, but you'll also understand that that was all also, <clears throat> excuse me, that that was also to speak of things to come. In other words, Jesus is the ark. And the door has been open for all to come in, to come into Christ. At some point, there will be a time where that door shuts. But everyone who is on, on the ark, everyone who is in Christ is saved, is safe. Everyone who's outside of the ark is being destroyed. You see, it's all about Jesus. And when you see things in that way, it'll change the way you see everything else. It's important to see things differently. In other words, what I'm saying is read the book, the Bible, with fresh eyes, with the eyes of the Spirit, and let God reveal to you His truth. I love you. Thank you for listening today. Again, take advantage of all of our online resources, and I hope that this podcast has been an extreme blessing to you. God bless you, and remember this. He has a plan, purpose, and destiny for your life. This is Alan Meshagan Jr., and until next time, we'll see you. Thank you.